Welcome to Retro Wars, where every week me and a friend will chat about the games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 4, where we'll be talking Final Fantasy VIII. Yes, this was meant to be last week, but unfortunately my guest Dan had to change things around, so we had to do the Crash Bandicoot episode first. So, if you don't know... Oh, I do like Final Fantasy VIII. I'm going to poo-poo on that game for various reasons... But I want to make it very clear from the off, I do like that game. I don't want to see like a Nancy Nelly. I really do like it, but there's just quite a lot of things I just need to rip apart about that game, as you will hear later on. Now, if you're new to this podcast, it works in two ways. The first half is going to be me talking about what's been going on in the current gaming climate. And then the second half will be me and Dan talking about Final Fantasy VIII. So before we go any further, I've just got to do the usual plug-in stuff. If you want to help support the channel, you can do that in various ways. You can go onto YouTube and go onto the Honest Pokemon Trainer, which is my YouTube channel, where I do Pokemon runs every three weeks of different sorts of Pokemon challenges. If you want to support this show, you can go up to Patreon. And for about $1.50 Australia, 70p UK, and about a dollar US, you get access to our Patreon, which gives you access to letters. That means you can write into the show, you can give your comments about the game we're going to do, you can join in on our Discord, where you can hopefully we can build a little community together. You can message me personally, plus you can take part in polls about what we're going to do for our next games. Loads of things. And any money that I do receive from Patreon is going to go back into the show. And as I keep saying, the first thing I want to do is to buy myself a peer box, so that means you can send me stuff i can send you stuff we can become friends i'm not asking you to send me video games but you can send me little things like the odd jokey pokemon card send me chikorita in the post something like that it's only little we're only doing this for fun now we do have our new section which i'm going to be calling patch 4.0 And what's been happening in the news? Well, last week I actually didn't cover any news story because Nintendo obviously got bored with Microsoft and Sony stealing their limelight, so they decided to drop a Nintendo Direct. So they literally just did a big Nintendo Direct day and just covered what had happened. But there has been quite a bit of movie news. Now, you may seem, hang on, hang on, Danny, this is a gaming podcast. Why are you doing movies? But these are all movie stuff. I'm not that freaking naive. So the first thing, Uncharted has come out. It is now out. Now, this is starring Tom Holland after his success of um, Spider-Man. He's doing absolutely fantastic with this. And Mark Wahlberg. And it seems to be doing okay. Unfortunately, the reviewers have been poo-pooing it. It's currently got 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the difference is, audience score, 88%. Now, this always tells me is I prefer to go by the audience score by the review score because sometimes the critics don't understand where they're coming from the source material they may have not played the games but the audience the chances are they have played the games and that's why they're going to see the series I, I people have, i've seen people critics have moaned oh it's too much action it's too much like indiana you know indiana jones it's like so what so what if there's a lot of action that's what people pay their money for. They don't want, you know, loads of talkings. You know, there is a need for character developments, but sometimes people just want to sit back, watch an action film, and just enjoy themselves. And what annoys me a little bit is I saw one critic, and I was reading some of these reviews, and one of the critics said, oh, it's two white men going in and breaking in somewhere. I was like, why did you have to say two white men? 
it doesn't matter. Like, the, the characters in the game are just white, but you don't have to put that as part of the review. It mean, it adds nothing to it. This is a a series about people going in and going on adventures. Diversity, in my opinion, doesn't come into this equation. And if the characters in the game are white, then what what's the problem here? I just don't see why you need to mention this. And I wonder if that's been part of the um, the re- reason why it's being seemingly hated by critics because it doesn't pass on the message i have stole that from um, the critical drinker but the message often seems to be the important thing these days but as hollywood's finding out that it's not really the way forward and often there's plenty examples of go woke go broke i don't know whether that's just me looking into that a bit little bit too much but let me know what you think paramount well paramount have obviously got loads of cash to burn because they've just started going trigger-happy with their projects, and there's a few that they've gone nuts on. For example, Halo 2. And we don't even had Halo Season 1. It's not even out yet. It comes out in March. comes out next month. Yet they're that confident they've decided to release or acknowledge that they're going to be doing Season 2. I think I was thinking about this, me being a dick, and I was thinking, well... You didn't really get much criticism, if any. I, I thought the Halo 1 trailer looked really good. I I was very happy with it. I thought Master Chief looked great. I thought the Covenant looked really great. And then you've got the new Lord of the Rings series, which is coming out by Amazon. And that is getting some heat. That is getting absolutely shit-roasted because of a lot of political stuff more than anything and how they're changing Tolkien's work. And they're probably thinking, well... We didn't get that heat with Halo, so we should be alright to do a season two. Fuck it, let's just let's just commission a season two, and that's what I think has genuinely happened. They've just now eh, we didn't get much backlash. Fuck it, people are going to watch this. Let's put it in. Now the other the other one that Paramount are pushing is Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Now I seem to be talking about this every episode, but I will because I love Sonic. Recently, the Super Bowl has just happened, and obviously that's where a lot of new movie trailers, some of the best adverts, get shown. Sonic 2 had a bit new, more information, a bit more new added in the trailer. And you saw a bit more Knuckles action, which looks like really, really good fun. He looks like he's basically going toe-to-toe with Sonic. And you've got Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik sitting there with popcorn, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. I think Jim Carrey stole the show. When you watch the first Sonic movie, he was a perfect pick for the role of Robotnik. And he looks like he's going to be doing that again here. You also saw the Death Egg robot. Now, if you've not played a Sonic game, it was the big bad final boss in Sonic 2. And it was a really graphically looking great design. Very colourful, very bright. Also a bit of a bitch to fight if you didn't know how to do it or got your timings incorrectly. But the Death Egg robot has been shown in the film and it's firing rockets, and it's absolutely huge, which makes so much sense, because had he come forward with the one on the game, it's only, what, about five times the size of Sonic, so it wouldn't be that big at all. It'd be the size of, less than the size of a building. So to make it absolutely gigantic makes completely sense, completely sense, makes a lot of sense, and makes it probably work for a film. So I'm very happy with that, really looking forward to seeing it, And again, Paramount seems to be really happy with this because they've already signed Sonic 3. Sonic 3 is going to be done after Sonic 2 has been released. Makes me think what they're going to do with this one. People have been saying bring in Shadow the Hedgehog. So Shadow is another hedgehog. And there's a few of them. But I would rather not see Shadow so early. I think if you're going to do a Sonic 3, I would bring in Metal Sonic. Because I want to start bringing Supersonic in. I hope Supersonic's not shown in Sonic 2. I'd want that for Sonic 3. 
and I hope it's going to be Metal Sonic. I think if you bring in Shadow, you're going to blow your load too too quickly. And I just think there's a lot more you can dive into first. Although I do need to see the second one as well before I can probably make that judgment. But also Paramount went trigger happy because they've decided to release a TV series about Knuckles, who is voiced by Idris Elba. Now, I think this happened because Idris Elba came out and said, oh, I won't make Knuckles sexy. I won't do that. And then you see the first trailer of the new film and it's Idris Elba going, or Knuckles going, do I want your power? And I was like, fuck you, Idris, you've made Knuckles sexy. And that's Paramount's going, yep, let's make this, like, let's make it really gritty. It doesn't look like it's going to be an idiotic Knuckles. That doesn't really fit in with Idris Elba. It's going to be a gritty, down-to-earth, rough sort of thing. I don't expect it's going to be like a Luther. I don't think he's going to be solving crimes of dead bodies in his Knuckles. But I do think it'll be a gritty performance. And I'm, I hope it's a prequel Rather than a sequel to Sonic 2, I hope it's a prequel that explains Knuckles' history, how he became the guardian of the Floating Island. I think it's the Floating Island and the Master Emerald. See, there's some Sonic lore for you. I hope it's a prequel. I really do, but we're just going to have to wait and see how that's going to look in the next few months when we get more news about it. And the final thing I'm going to talk about movies, Netflix have decided to get on board and they have released, no released, they've released the news that they're going to be making a Bioshock movie. Now, I've not played Bioshock, it was made by Bethesda. It's not been a thing I've gone into, but I know the Bioshock games have sold very well. Netflix, from what I've seen, have a good reputation of handling their sources. So if you look how they did Castlevania, that was fantastic Castlevania. I will fucking suck that thing's dick. There you go. There's my one. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. There's my one. I will do anything for that game. It's a great TV series, and they did it really well. So hopefully Netflix have got it in the people, you know, the hands of people who know how they're going to use this very well. Bioshock kind of like a dead space if they made that sort of thing you want to make it very grim very you know down to earth down to earth to a point you know but you want to make it realistic i think people are going to hate it if it's if it's too stupid people won't want to get on board you've got i think this is a bioshock's one you've got to stick to a source material that's what i mean by being realistic you've got to stick to the source material otherwise people are just not going to enjoy it and that's often a lot of the complaints when you when it comes to hollywood adaptations if you don't stick to source material you just get a fuck up and it's just not going to work and that's enough of movie news Unfortunately, I just now need to take the show a bit downhill and talk about something which I thought was quite depressing to see back in the mother homeland of England. So the company Game. So Game, if you don't know, are are the UK retailers. So I know that there's plenty of... There's GameStop in America. There's EB Games in Australia. Game are the last standing ones in the UK. And for Valentine's Day, they released a tweet with their recent promotion and it was a picture of, I think it was like four to five mobile phones. The Four of them were smashed. One of them was fine with the guy's finger on, on the screen saying, shush baby, I ain't going to treat you like the others. It immediately got pulled because there were obvious links to domestic violence. Now, well done for them taking it down. It had to come down. They didn't keep it up. The thing is, there's, there's the angel and devil in me here. The angel in me sees that there is, there's got to be someone, that, for, the, for them to release this, no one involved in this project thought it had anything to do with domestic violence. Surely not for them to release that. Because, yes, I'll treat you better because you break your mobile phones. I get it. 
I pray to God, and this is me being cynical, I pray to God, or hopeful, I should say, more than anything, that somebody, or everyone involved in that project, did not make that link. Because if you did, and there's the devil in me, if you did know that this, oh, hang on, this could potentially be linked to domestic violence, well, then go fuck yourself. What the fuck are you playing at? I understand with comedy shows you can be edgy, you can make really dark jokes, but this isn't a comedy show. This is the general public, this is the general domain, this is advertising. It ain't gonna go down very well. The worrying thing is is making me sway more towards the devil side, is that game haven't come out and made an apology for this. Yes, they pulled out the pulled down the tweet, but you think if they'd made a cock up of this level and towards the angel side that they would have come out and go, We oh, we made a real bad error, we're really sorry, we should have made that link towards domestic violence. And the fact that nobody's actually come out from game yet to make an apology makes me think they did know someone had made that joke oh i wonder if this will be funny this is a little bit edgy and maybe they're doing their own disciplinary things behind the scenes before we get an apology Ugh, I, I, i'm still flabbergasted that they haven't come out because you think when you make that much of a cock up you'd be straight out because i even thought if you came out and make that co- you make a cock up and you apologize straight away you know wholeheartedly and if they had gen- genuinely if they had made that mistake without realizing the reference domestic violence i would have said okay it's a mistake oversight you apologize move on because people make mistakes but here i think someone's done something i think i'm swaying more towards the devil i don't like it but i think i am swaying like someone tried to be funny and edgy and it's like mm, read the room dickhead you dick i know it doesn't work it's not funny yeah we'll wait and see if, if we do get an apology i will bring it up on the show Uh, But that's all I want to talk about that. In more positive news, there has been more information from the new game of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. I've been waiting for this game for a long time. If you don't know what it is, it is going to be a beat-em-up scrolling game, similar to what it was used to be back in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, 4, but it's going to be made by the same guys who made Streets of Rage 4, and they have just released a new brand new trailer with a character reveal for Master Splinter. Now, if you don't know who Master Splinter is, what the hell, get off the show. You should know. I love the Turtles. This is the whole thing. And every time I see this game... Sorry, you're burping there. This is how good this show is. Every time I see this game, it looks better and better and better. And I want it more and more. Like Streets of Rage 4 was incredible for me. And the fact that, that it's being in the same hands of them making this game makes me feel no concerns whatsoever. There is so much going on the screen. It's chaotic when you've got four-player mode. I say, great, that's what we want. We want a hack and slash with loads going on, but they've kind of built on it from Street Fighter 4 that there's going to be more strategy, so it's just not going to be a button masher. That won't do you much when you get to the harder difficulties. But Splinter looks absolutely ace. He fits in very well. He looks like he's got abilities where he can like literally cross his arms and do energy shit across the across the whole stage i do like the fact his color palettes you know he is very akin to the 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 cartoon because this is what it's based off but his purple and brown works very well it doesn't seem too dark it seems to go very well with the turtles and with april o'neill and he's been added to the intro poster now i know probably people are thinking oh fucking hell where's casey jones casey jones should be in this game I do think Casey Jones will come. I think Casey Jones will be an unlockable character, but I don't think he's going to be on the initial six. And the reason I'm thinking this is because if you know your Turtles lore, 
and you you know the history. Casey Jones wasn't a huge character in the old cartoon, the eighty nine cartoon. Is eighty nine eighty seven? He wasn't a huge character in that series. He was in the comics, don't get me wrong, and the 2003 series, he was a big thing, but he wasn't that much of an input. He didn't have that many roles in that old cartoon, because I watched that cartoon, and I know in the comics he has a very good relationship with Raphael, but here, that's not present. So I think because, you know, April O'Neil in her yellow jumpsuit and Splinter were in every episode, I think this is going to be the perfect reason for those six, including the four turtles, being the case. I think later down the track, we'll get Casey Jones. We will, 100% we will. I hope we get Slash. I hope he becomes a playable character, not just a boss. But I think we'll get him down the track. So wait and see. Only because now I think if he was added to that poster, it it just wouldn't fit. But... You know, someone could call me wrong on that. But I think that's going to be the last character reveal we have up until now, up until that point. Also out, we were saying Uncharted came out. A new game has come out. It's a pretty big one. The New Horizon game has come out on the PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5. Will I be getting it? Yes. Yes. Is that going to be now? No. Because I haven't even finished the first Horizon. That's not because I didn't like it. I loved it. But... It's. I've started giving it a crack, but I just got so much to do at the moment. And this game has is incredible. And if you've not played Horizon, it's basically going to be you going in an open world. This is Sony's attempt at going in an open world game. And it was basically you going out with a bow and arrow and killing the hell out of dinosaurs, uh, robotic dinosaurs. That sold. That sells on a tin. The game, it could have looked shit. I was like, right, what an idea. Go out. With a bow and arrow and fight Robo Dinosaurs, I'm in. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I'm in. That's that's what it would have been for me. Now, the reviews of this have been very good. I think sales are gonna be fantastic with this game. It looks incredible from the trailers that I've seen. Now, but what I think, the reason I'm bringing this up is that Sony have come out and they've partnered with Arbor Day Foundation and they've put a trophy in the game. And if you unlock this trophy, this achievement, they will plant a tree which I think is a great idea. Them and the Arbor Day Foundation will go out and plant a tree, and they've said this is going to be running until 11.59pm on March 25th, or by when 300,000 trees have been planted, whichever one comes first. They didn't have to do that. They were under no obligation to do that at all. But what a great initiative. I'd love if more companies got on board with that. You know, it shows that, you know, gamers can help solve the planet. We could solve the save the planet. I I genuinely think if we had more achievements like that, where companies would say, okay, if you play our game and do this, rather than us just making money, we'll give back a little bit. You can argue that oh maybe video game companies should actually give more to charity, but they don't have to. They have, they have to do fuck all. They're a business at the end of the day. They can do what they want. So for Sony to come out and do this, I think it's a really good thing. And I'd like to see other video game companies take note and see if they want to do that in the future. I also saw this week, the PlayStation Vita is 10 years old. And I was like, really? I thought it genuinely thought it was older, but it makes me sad because I had a PS Vita and I got my dad one as well. And I loved it. I genuinely loved my PS Vita. I thought it was a great little handheld console. The screen was great. It was so colorful. It was so bright. But I just think it was let down because not enough companies came to it. And if you don't come to your console to help support it, it dies. This was the same for the Nintendo Wii U. Developers turned their back on it and it just died. 
And I think if the PlayStation Vita had better games, it had some, but if it had better games, it'd be a much better console. But the problem was it was going against Nintendos at the time. And although although PlayStation Vita graphically was a better console, the Nintendo handheld consoles had the developers on board. They had the games. The DS was selling absolutely shit ton. And unfortunately now it would never work because we have a Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch has literally won the handhold console game. But it was such a shame because when I bought the PS Vita, I bought it with so much promise. And I used to download it. You download the play old PlayStation games so I could like play my old Final Fantasy 7s. And it was the first time for me that I was playing Final Fantasy 7 and 8, 9 on the go, which I absolutely loved. And they released Final Fantasy 10 for it as, a, the, um, as an actual game, which was great. But I just felt it never got the love it, it had. So maybe one day we can do this as a retro console. It'll probably come into that line. So if I can, I'll dust off my old Vita if anybody's got one. So find me some Vita games and we can do it. What else, what else has happened? Well, there's a few... Well, actually, no, the last bit of news, the last bit of news I'm going to talk about before we game come on. And it's Pokemon news because, of course, it's going to be Pokemon news. Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Legends Arceus has hit shores, and as we know, I still haven't played the fucking game, and I'll go on to why in a minute, and I will play it, shush, shush, I hear people going, why the fuck haven't you played the best Pokemon game ever, shut the fuck up, I have my mate Mick, who'll be on this show one day, on my arse all the time, and I can already hear his wife Dusty laughing, because I've mentioned his name, he's mentioning, have you played it, have you played Pokemon Arceus, no, I haven't, I fucking will. Leave me alone. No, I love Mick. I, I will. I will play it. But the reason why I'm bringing it to the news today is it got released on January the 28th. And the sales for that month are already out. So the sale figures for, you know, in America, what games sell the best. And although it was only out for one to two days of recording time, that's all it had. It topped Japan. Sorry, it topped the charts. In, in one or two days, it chopped the gaming. Chopped it. Fuck me. This isn't. Hang on. Uh, we want to wait to finish the news. I can't even get my words out of my mouth. Let's just have a quick drink. Hang on. It's been a long morning already. It's been a long night, long morning. Right, start again. Let's get my breath. Although it came out on the 28th of January and only had one to two days of actual games being recorded, it topped the charts in the US, which was incredible. Absolutely incredible and shows that Pokemon is alive and well. This game is selling very well and I think it's going to be a big question mark for Game Freak how they're going to handle Generation 9 because this is sold very well and people are getting a bit fed up with the old format. What are you going to do, Game Freak? Make a decision. I'm very happy that it is doing well. But another thing I'm going to ch- talk about, and I mentioned this on the last show, and we talked about how GTA 6 is coming and how Mario Kart 9 is probably never going to come. Case in point, Mario Kart 9 is still never going to come because obviously we've got the DLC tracks. But on the charts, number 8 was Mario Kart. Bear in mind, this is a game for the Nintendo Wii U. Mario Kart 8 is still in the top 10 charts as number eight. It was second on the Switch. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It's GTA 5 wasn't there, so probably now, like, shit, we better make GTA 6. But Mario Kart's still there. It's still dominating in the charts. So why the hell would Nintendo make Mario Kart 9? You can give me a good argument for that. I will listen, but I will also poo-poo on you because it's just not the case. So Mario Kart 8 is here to stay and guaranteed once they've done the tracks, they'll add new characters and that's all you need to keep going and make it Mario Kart Infinity. And that's it. 
So finally, that is the news. That's everything for Game Patch. That's Game Patch for Patch 0.4.0. What have I been playing? Well, obviously not Pokemon Legends Arceus, as I've just made that very clear. To be honest, all I've been playing is just my Pokemon ROMs because I'm trying to get as, as far as I can done ahead while before I go back to the UK for a few weeks because um, the Queen and Hiccups are currently in the UK still, if you weren't aware. I am missing them. It's been three weeks now and I've still got five weeks to go before I see them. You know, as anyone may think, oh, yeah, that's great. You get time by yourself. Well, you do, but, you know, when you're missing your little baba... It sucks. So, sad fact, insight into my life. Her, her first toy she got was from me. It was a beware, the Pokemon beware. But I've actually got that in bed with me now. So, that's my little thing to cuddle. you know, Because I am missing my family. I am missing my wife and my little girl. But I'll see them soon. I'd like to say, if she listens to this podcast, well, the baby doesn't. But my wife listens to this podcast? No. As you'll, as you'll find out if you're new to this show, the Queen hates everything I stand for. She hates me. I don't even know why we're married sometimes. I think, honestly, if she had the chance, she'd divorce me in a heartbeat. But unfortunately, that's what marriage is. She's stuck with me. Now, that is it. We're going we're gonna to get on, because I know I've been rambling quite a bit now. So we are going to go on to talk about this game. So me and Dan had a bit of a chinwag last night, and we had a really good chat. It was his first time doing a podcast. So we've got to be nice to him, everybody. But I think he did really well. I took his podcast virginity. I thought I think he did really well. We had a really good time. We actually did a video call when we were doing it. Uh, it was just nice to catch up because I hadn't actually spoken to the guy for over 10 years because we used to go to university together. So it was really nice to have a catch up. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Let me just put some music on. And now when we come back, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VIII, which released in European shores for the PlayStation 1 in October the 27th, 1999. Fuck me, I'm old. Right, so I'm here with my friend Dan. Now, I've known Dan for quite a while. Now, I, before I, you know, let him even say his first hello, he comes on to me and goes, oh, I want to play Final Fantasy VIII, or could we do PC? And I'm going to let this known very, very early, everyone. Fuck off. You, I told him straight away, you PC Master Ace cunt. You're not doing, you're not doing PC. It's not happening, is it? No. Because you're better than everybody else, weren't you? And you had, I could tell you had that smug, we're doing a video call and he's already got that smug face, haven't you? Because you were a PC wanker, weren't you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, what, what can I say? I was, I was a disciple of PC, point and click. Um, we have PCs in the house. I was very late to console, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah. But no, no, um, PC is very much off limits today. I'm uh, put back in my box there. So, um, yeah, yeah we very much um, console. It was very, I think he was like, oh, I want to talk about this. I was want to talk about this. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Talk about all you want, your PC master wanker. You're not, you're not having it. But you have come to the call for Final Fantasy VIII. You suggested this. You came to me and said, can I do this? I said, of course you can. And as much as I do, right, look, I like this game. You love this game. I like this game. I, I do have things I want to shit on it. And it, it has to be shit on for. But there are things I'm going to be sucking its dick for. I think, yeah, I'd say pretty similar, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a few things it does wrong, but I think there are a lot more things of it that it does right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's open house, isn't it? Shit on whatever you want, praise whatever you want. And that's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Oh, oh. I keen to I, trade notes mate oh i will be and he's a, i have to say 
This is his first podcast, so I'm taking his podcast oh, don't virginity. That. Don't say that. And he's been very, he, he's like, oh, I've got notes. And he, he has, he's going, so I'm very happy. I like it when people bring notes. It's very good. Now, I first, I don't know about you. Now, I first got this, or I first saw anything about this, was came with a demo disc with the Final Fantasy VII Platinum Edition. And all it was, was the opening video of Final Fantasy. That's all, that's all we saw. And I saw that and went, holy fuck. Yeah. Shit, the graphics look amazing. The music looks amazing. I, what did you get when you were a kid? Um, so I think, similar. I think I um, saw a demo disc. That, I mean, that video is seminal, isn't it? That opening credits and that, um, yeah. the Fethos, uh, Venus Lunasek um, song. Beavis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, absolutely seminal. Um, the, uh, Final Fantasy VIII was actually my gateway into Final Fantasy, the franchise. Um, right, okay. I remember I went around, um, it was like 11, 12, 13, 12, 13. Went around one of my friend's house for sleep over Friday night. And um, he had, uh, do you remember a game called Parasite Eve? Yes. On PS1. Yes. He, he had that and I was dying to play that. I got around to his house and he was playing Final Fantasy VIII. And I was like, what's this? This looks decent. Watched him play for a little bit and um, realised that this might get me kicked off. I realised that I had at home on my shelf a still cellophane wrapped platinum copy of Final Fantasy VII, which I hadn't touched. Wow! I didn't really, I didn't really understand Final Fantasy at the time, and I if, saw him playing eight. If you, if you'd said, if you'd said that was a, a first edition Final Fantasy VII with the white discs, I would have come around your house and killed oh, God, you. Oh no! No, 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 it's platinum. Pla platinum platinum's platinum. fine. Yeah. You can do what you want with that. Yeah, no, it's platinum. And um, so I played um, a little bit of that round his, and, and went back home and unwrapped seven. And never look back, really. So um, I've got a lot to be grateful for, to Final Fantasy VIII for in, in initially because that was what got me into it. But um, yeah, I think I got a copy of eight a little while later. I think I played seven by this point. And, and yeah, it's completely hooked by the franchise. And yeah, yeah, loved it. Never looked back, really. And I think this is the thing, you know, yes, eight was your first vision into it, but seven was your first game. And I think yeah. there, there are going to be many comparisons here and it, it's hard Definitely. not to and i feel sorry for final fantasy 8 because it kind of falls in that difficult thing is that it had to come after probably one of the most one of the biggest titles mm -hmm. the world's ever seen at yeah. the time but also as a period where if you were a japanese person into final fantasy you know that this is a whole new world every new time but for someone like me and someone like you you're like hang on where's cloud where that where are they what's this i don't understand why is a whole new cast whole, i don't get it it was a whole new thing mm -hmm. and i think final fantasy it had that reputation to try and build on it was always going to be difficult to do so well, I think yeah, Final Fantasy VIII sits between obviously seven, but also nine. Nine's yeah. very much um, you know fan favorite as well, and um, so yeah, there's obviously a huge amount to live up to with seven. And I, I can't read. I put it on again this week. I bought the remaster a couple of years ago, so I fired it up again this week. Yeah. And um, luckily, uh, I have this habit of saving, and whenever I get to one of my favorite points in the game, so I've got <laughs> about I had about twenty eight different saves. Um, almost as if I knew I needed them for this podcast one day. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge amount to live up to. And I think the observations I've kind of made kind of going going through it, there's a lot of comparable elements in eight than there are to seven. So, you know, school and cloud, I think in terms of kind of characters, both quite aloof, you know, loners kind of want to do things on their own. Um, you know, Galbadia, very um, synonymous and uh, comparable with this Shinra Corporation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot there, isn't there? And I think, Eight builds on some of that quite nicely, but also doesn't do a few things quite in the same quite in the same way. Yeah, there are some problems. Like you mentioned, right? You mentioned Squall, 
Let, let's get out this out the way. Yeah. He's a bit of a cunt. Really. It's surly, you know, um, I don't need anybody. You know, he's surrounded by you know, Zell, obviously, this Duracell battery. Chris oh, yeah. obviously, obviously fancied them a little bit, but he's not interested, is he? He's just, you know, well, professional to the to Professional fault. to the core, but yeah, it's like with right, Cloud. You know, he was like, fuck you, everyone. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but we yeah, all loved, yeah. we all loved him. Everyone mm. loved Cloud because he had that mm. bit of redeeming quality. But with yeah. Squall, I'm looking at you going, no, I still, there think is, you're, yeah. I still think you're a prick. I still think you're a prick. <laughs> Even when I know all the plot, I still think you're yeah. a prick. I, oh, I, I do warn to him in the second half, especially when he's got Renoa on his shoulder. He's lugging all the way to um, Estar. Oh, f- you right, kind of warmed a little bit. No, yeah, I, would, I, I, would, I would have just left her. Fuck that. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. So you had Squall. He was the main character. And the one cool yeah. th- design they had about Squall was in the opening um, montage, opening video, he got his face sliced open yeah. and left a really cool scar, which makes me think, oh, that'd be really cool to have this. Imagine like a four-inch diagonal scar across his mm. face and thinking, oh, that'd be really cool to have a scar like that, like a red, bright red scar. But then you got to think, yeah, the chances of you actually pulling that off are going to be very yeah. slim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you could have some like Tyrion yeah. Lannister if you try it. Yeah. But then but- also, then you've got Cypher is almost, gonna, you know, the evil twin to yeah, the evil twin. twin because he's got exactly the same slice on the other side on the other side of his face. Yes, and it goes down yeah. the other side, so it's almost that classic, you know, cut from the same cloth sort of thing, isn't it? I did, I did like that. Yeah, yeah. You see, Cipher basically sliced him, and then Squall does the absolute perfect yeah. slice and perfect slice back, and neither of them, yeah. you know, they Squall wakes up in the story says, "Oh, you were yeah. just hurt." I was like, "Yeah, fucking, he sliced his nose off." Yeah, and, and, and Cypher's just walking around with his two cronies, uh, Fujin and Raijin, isn't it's, he? It's just... nothing. As if, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as yeah. If, you know, you just highly disfigured me. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it, mate. It's fine. But, but I love that as a device by Square that kind of, you can't make it any more obvious. Okay, you're my nemesis in this game. Yeah, got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're the bad guy yeah. in this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you had Squall, who's the main character. You had Christus, who was like his teacher, but she was Yeah, she says she's a god. Garden instructor, I think a year older, garden instructor, obviously fancied him a little bit. Yeah. She, he was her best student. Um, you know, she takes him on a one-on-one trip to the fire cabin to get Ifrit, the first GF, doesn't she? Yes, we'll get on to GF, we'll get on to GFs and all that. But yeah. yes, he takes him. I was like, this just looks weird. I don't, I, mm. You had her, then you had Zell, who agreed. was like, he. so looking back now, well, I can actually, you know, you can tell what type of character. So Zell was yeah. like the monk character because he just mm. used his fists martial was, arts yeah. martial arts he was off his head basically constantly yeah. wanting he was at the youthy of the group off his tip yeah definitely that's a really great um analogy I think he's the comic relief definitely yeah he's definitely um, the comic relief and everyone um, ha- everyone hates him but he's just too energetic isn't he's it? too energetic so you had irvine who was the sharpshooter who yeah ladies all failed ladies man Failed ladies man who had like he was he looked quite cool to begin with. He came in with like yeah. a cowboy hat, long hair, yeah. shotgun. He's meant to be a sniper with a shotgun. I was like, fucking makes sense. <laughs> I was like, he's like, I've yeah. never shot someone. Was well, so clearly not dickhead, not with no. a shotgun. <laughs> you Have shit. you not played the first person shooter? <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> then you had selfie who was. Oh, oh, I couldn't know. No, selfie yeah. was almost in some ways the female Zell. Um, you know, used nunchucks. Yeah, I, I, she was the, you know, the, the, 
the ugly duckling in my party. I never leveled her up. She was no. just kind of sat on the bench at that level 15. Oh, the, ma- the majority was, were yeah. on. I left the majority yeah. on these cunts on the bench. And yeah. then you had Renoa, who Renoa, yeah. is it pronounced Renoa? I said, there's one, one thing I found with Final Fantasy VIII, there's so many ambiguities with name pronunciations. I used to call um, Cypher Cipher for so many years. I think um, I, call, I called him Sefer when I was a kid. Yeah, it's, there's so many different, you kind of, no idea what's the right thing. And I suppose now you've got the, um, you know, the voiced games, it, there's no yeah, there's yeah. no ambiguity. But back then it's like, is it this, is it this? Um, yeah, no, I used to call Renoa as well, Renoa Hartley. What, what is it? Is it, because I've not heard it on the voice thing, is it Renoa or is it pronounced differently? Oh, no, it's, um, I, so I think it's either Renoa or Renoa. Right, we're going to go for the sake of this. Renoa. I'm sure one of your Patreon patrons or listener will will come in. Someone someone will be listening to this going, it's fucking (laughs) Renoa! Fucking dickhead! (laughs) You don't even know it at all! Fucking you know nothing! That's what someone will be having. And then you had three extra characters. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And Was it Laguna? So um, Laguna, Kiros and Ward. Ward. Yeah. Who are you? So, right. To basically see where they fitted in at some parts in the story, Squall suddenly got gassed and passed out. And then he kind of his memories became you went into this party and you used these yeah. three characters. Fucking bullshit. That's it's, I mean, it's it is a bit, yeah. Pointless. Yeah. I was there's, like, there's, go on. Go on. You go, you go. There's um there's a girl that um lives on Balam Garden called Elone, isn't there? And it turns out that she has this power to send people back in time to live her memories. She grew up knowing Laguna, Kiros and Ward. And it's this like vain attempt to try and change the past. I think that's what the... Right. The this is what the whole thing... Yeah. Now, we're going to yeah. go into the plot in a minute because this yeah, is yeah. one of the things I need to fucking rave about. And not rave, <laughs> rant about. But what I will say is that we'll go back to the characters. Is that yeah. that was your party, your party of six. Mm-hmm. Maybe nine, whatever, however you want to look at it. But the problem was, apart from Renoa, I didn't have any love for the characters. And I think a lot of that comes back to, again, going back to the Motley crew we had in Seven. Yeah, because they were so good. Mm. They were just—they were incredible. The cast of seven, like, like Sid, Cloud, Tifa's yeah. boobs, you know, <laughs> just all, in, all, in all their glory. Yeah. In all but their all glory, their, and and they, you know, every character had real depth, didn't they? I think they, they did. They, they had, get... yeah, every character, even yeah. even Kate Sith had depth. Yeah. People may mm. think I hate him. I know people are he's a fucking yeah. shit character. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Fucking great yeah. character. I'll argue but that's he, death. You look at eight, and then you know I couldn't tell you much more about Quistus apart from the fact that she's a Balam garden instructor. Yeah, probably likes school. and probably likes bondage. And, yeah, with a whip. Yeah, mm. so that and, and that's all I can really tell you. And, and you know, most of the other characters are exactly the same. I think they focus so much more on Squall and Renoa's backstory. Yeah, um, it's like I, I, like, I like. Yeah, I like Zell in the end. I think um, again, like I say, he's a quite relief, and there are a few like, little moments and things like that. Do you remember when? Um, uh, Zell first gets introduced to school and he kind of cleans his hand and kind of extends it for a big handshake. Yeah, he gets and he just gets snubbed. Yeah, he does that like, two or three times. He does that two or three times in the in the game, but but perfectly perfect moments. And there's little things like that are quite funny. And as he gets better, because to begin with, like his attacks are so weak. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And obviously we'll get into the junction system, I'm sure, as well. But um after a while, he does start to, you know become school's right-hand man in terms of, you know, offensive damage and he gets, becomes a better and, character. And that's the, that's the thing, you know, I was going to say, that was going to be my next question, is who did you use like, for your final three? You said you put Selfie on the bench, which was the correct decision. Mm. Um, I had Ronella, Squall, and Zell. That was my team. 
I think, yeah, because I've played for it God knows how many times now. From a, a story perspective, I liked having Renoa in there because it kind of felt like closure. Oh, having her in the, having her in the final oh. three. But but on pure strength, I think I I would flip between um, school Zell and Irvine or sub out Zell for Quistis, I think. Because oh. um, Irvine's limit break, um, if you had enough pulse ammo or quick ammo, you could deal a shitload of damage. Um, oh. So it's always great to have him you, in you there. You don't know how to use Renoa properly. Uh, I, I never really invested. I, Angelo the dog, like I didn't really. Oh, Angelo! The, oh, yeah. I forgot. That's yeah. not in my notes. <laughs> Angelo the dog. <laughs> right, for those who yeah. don't know, so she had this, like, she had a dog. <laughs> I think it's before because at a certain point of the story, she doesn't use the dog anymore. But mm-hmm. um, she has this dog who just suddenly randomly comes in. He just jumps in. He goes hi ho, and he just attacks. Like get it, dog. Get it. Yeah. We, Angelo we the dog. Do you remember um, there were magazines that you'd find around the world, wouldn't yes. they? And the pet, I can't remember the name of it. It's like Pet Monthly or Pet Retrieve or something like that. And each edition would have a new limit break for Angelo. For you'd find, you'd find um, martial arts magazines where you'd find additional moves for Zelda. Zell, yeah. Um, that was actually something I really liked about it. I think the concept of roaming around the map, finding magazines where you'd learn new moves or um, new weapons and things like that. Which you then go and make yourself finding. Yeah, the right yeah, that was, cool. that was a really cool. That, element, yeah, so you could actually, you know, so basically, if you wanted all, for those who don't know, if you wanted weapons or ultimate weapons, you had to find them. You had to find the, the bits to put them together, which is really good. And that was one of the good things that Final Fantasy VIII had, in the sense that you know, yeah, you can go find. You, if you want to make yourself better, you had to go explore. It wasn't just a matter of grinding and hoping for the best. You really had to go out and you know, search every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll complain about, and I'm, you can't see this in the viewers, but Dan can see me wagging my pen, <laughs> is that when it got to disc four, you got for some reason it blocked off all the cities. So you couldn't yeah. go to any of the cities anymore. I was like, the fuck? Well, that, that's when the plot gets a bit wacky, isn't it? Where you in this time compression. Right, okay, let's and, get to yeah. the plot. Let's get to yeah, the fucking... Yeah. This, this okay. plot is fucking shit. <laughs> fucking bollocks. I don't know. No, I, no, It's a bit no. wonky, but... It's a bit are... wonky. It's like yeah. they were smell- smoking LSD and then didn't realise what they were doing. <laughs> right. I mean, some, some, some of the best things were created on drugs. Beatles albums. SpongeBob. You know. Yeah, exactly. Spongebob. So, cool. let's, let's get into the plot then, because right. we're, we're so, threatening to. I, I, oh, I am. So, basically, it's, it sets in this thing called The Garden. And mm. basically, it's imagine like a training school for mercenaries. And The Garden, or Gardens, there's, there's several of them, basically yeah. train up kids to become mercenaries, and they send them on military coups. And this whole story follows Squall and his party, and they're basically going to car- kill, meant to kill this pr- sorceress called Ida. But as the story bloody goes on, it turns out she's not the... Uh, uh, by the way, by the way, spoilers if you've not, you know. But at the same time, this game's like over 20 years old, so go fuck yourself. You should have been... I was spawn the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. If you listen to this 20 years, you know, if you haven't played this and you're listening to it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah sure. you, you, you get it spoiled. So, ba- questions, yeah. as Final Fantasy typical thing, Eid is not the main bad guy. It turns out there's another sorceress who got into her called Ultimis- Ultimisia. She's Ultimisia, yeah. she's the big bad guy. And then you find out, okay, you've got to stop her. And then you find out as, the, as it all progresses, this, the five of the six main characters 
all knew each other from when they were yeah. kids, but because this they used bullshit. because they used their summons, the summons yeah. made them lose their memory. Fuck off. That I mean, is that, that is that, that is, is bullshit, a fucking bullshit cop out. That's yeah, that's lazy writing. And you can just imagine that writer's room one day and they think, shit, how are we gonna connect all these guys together? Oh yeah, I know, we'll just use a bit of amnesia. A bit of amnesia. Like what are the chances yeah. they all meet up? They're, all, they're yeah. all in the same nursery, they're all in the, they're all in the same nursery, and they somehow all met up. Yeah. And Ida was the woman who fuck off. He's the woman who locked up. Yeah. And this is all bullshit. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So yeah. no. So that's that's I, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I thought um when it got to that bit on disc three, you're just like, oh, come on, really? Because like, the first two discs, you know, Galbadir as the nation are built up as the, the big enemy, aren't they? Badir mm-hmm. is, is, you know, feels like that sort of Sephirothian character that you're mm. building up to kind of take on at the, the climax of the story. Obviously, you get a couple, you, you fight her in Dealing City, um, Squall gets the huge ice um, pillar kind of, launched through his chest which should kill him but oh yeah that doesn't. was pretty cool i forgot about that yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. that was awesome well, well there's there's a madness I, mean, I think it's been debunked now but that that massive theory that actually that did kill him and everything that pres- went after that was a dream which oh, again is this bullshit. is really yeah it's well, that, pro- that probably would have been a better bloody storyline <laughs> <laughs> it would have been more yeah, right. plausible. Squall's dead. Time, end of podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, fellas. Thanks for having me on, Sam Danny. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you know, leading up to um, this end of disc two, where and, and this is one of my favourite bits. That brilliant showdown with Galbadir Garden, where they're kind of whole, you know you get to the orphanage and you go back to garden and you just see the Galbadir Garden hovering above the trees. Yeah, there were um, some good. There were some good. Yeah, images set in this pieces. Game. Yeah. yeah. Some great set pieces, and I think they did build up and execute the big moments in the story really well, even if the things that led up to that, like we've just said, are a little bit wonky. Yeah, um, but it's it big look, set if, you can look, if you can look past the wonky plot, the game had some really cool bits. And I think there was a scene when the two gardens were fighting each other. That that's was, it. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. And it was Incredible. all, all yeah. the kit, all like the students fighting each other in the background. Yeah. You're running around. Yeah. That was cool. That was yeah, that yeah, sweet. Because they built, they built up to that really well. Because obviously, you go to um, Galbadir Garden on the first disc, and you after um, Cipher attacks yeah. the president, and you can't get back to your own garden because the trains are off. So um, I think one of, I think the one of the protocols as mercenaries is you, you can't get back to your own guard and you go to uh, the nearest one, which was Galbadia, which obviously is the enemy. So it's fascinating, isn't it? We're going behind enemy lines almost. And yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things I, I thought was really cool was you got to walk around Galbadia Garden like you did Balam Garden. Yeah. And kind of part of it was like if we're in a parallel universe. Final Fantasy VIII could have been set in Galbadir Garden. You could have been a Galbadian soldier. What would it be like on the other side of the mirror? Yeah. Sort of thing? I, liked, I, I thought that was quite fun to think about. There's always um, a chance they could do like big in arguments like a Final Fantasy VIII 2 and yeah, then do it exactly. from that side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you go together, then you get these um, co-signed orders from both Balam and Galbadir Garden to go and assassinate, assassinate the sorceress, don't you? Yes. Um, so then you're friendly with Galbadir for a while. It's like, what's happening here? Um, then, you know, you get to Dealing City, the assassination attempt is unsuccessful. And then um, Galbadir really kind of steps up and ascends to be that enemy because Adir um, you know, takes on, takes over Garden 
um, you know, assumes command. Oh, Eddie. Oh, I've always called. I've always called it. Yes. Eddie. Another thing. Another thing. E D E A. So I was Eddie or Eddie or something. But yeah. She's the um, sorceress. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And um, and also she's Sid's wife. Yeah, she's Sid's wife. Fucking, wife. She, she's she's basically the head of your garden. She's the head. She's she's yeah. basically his missus. All convenient bullshit plot points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then the second disc is is all about kind of building up to that big conflict, isn't it? Um, you know, they 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 um, uh, what's the word? They occupy Balan, um, Zell's hometown, which kind of makes it personal for him. Um, and you have to because they're looking for alone, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. The, late, the, the girl that can, you know, has got the trick to send people back through time. Um, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, but, but, but and it goes back, I think, you know, it goes back to that um, concept of Gal Badia being very comparable to Shinra, I think. Yeah. yeah there's a lot I, of similarities there. A lot of similarities. But... Heavily militarised, um, you know, um, tyrannical, looking for world domination, all those sorts of things, you know, that's exactly kind of cut from that same Shinra cloth, isn't it? Yeah. Now, one thing we say we're comparable that they made that was completely separate from the game was how they use summons. So yeah. for those who, you know, who played some in who, who were Final Fantasy VII, you had it as like an equipable orb, a materia, magic. Here it was very different. They were called GFs or Guardian Forces, they were known here. And how many were there? 24 in total? There was a lot, and that was one of the things I thought was good because there's such a huge variety of them. There's freaking loads of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some optional ones that you have to work really hard to get, but the um, majority of them you could actually get quite easily. It was really cool to have such a kind of wide selection to choose from because they all did different things. They all had different skills, didn't they, that you'd um, earn AP for. Oh, we'll go, um, we'll go on to that in a minute because yeah. that's one thing about how the magic system and all that works. Yeah, but the yeah. TFs themselves, I think you started off with, is it Quentacotl? I used to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, the, lightning, one, the lightning one. Yeah, they didn't want to have Ramoth. Apparently they said they're not doing Ramoth, so they wanted to bring something else in, so they brought this in. But you mm. have to actually, one of the first bosses, you have to actually go fight Ifrift, which was pretty yeah. cool. Mm. and you have to fight him and there's a few instances where you get to fight um some of these summons i think another one is um diablos and yeah you, um, sid gives you a magic lamp doesn't he? yeah you and he basically he basically <laughs> yeah. only use this magic lamp when you're ready otherwise yeah. diablos will fuck you over mm. um, but there was gravity attacks it was gravity it? attacks so your, your health is going down like by a percentage yeah. but yeah. it was it was they were hard battles they were but they were mm. good show pieces as well yeah and yeah. once you beat them, they became part of your party and you could equip them. Now, when you use them in battle, basically you'd, you'd press summon, they'd come out for an attack. And then there were two, there were, one positive thing was that, yeah, they could be big, big damage dealers. The annoying thing about them though, is that you, you rely on them too much early on. Mm. Definitely rely on them too much early on. And the fact you have to watch the animation the whole way through, you can't skip it because, and um, what the game doesn't tell you is that there's a secret, there's a boost. button boost. Yeah. If you press square, like fucking nuts, yeah. the thing yeah. goes, the damage goes up, but then it suddenly yeah. starts flickering to like an X comes on. And if you, if you press square, once that X is on the screen, you lose all the boost and it goes, goes back to base. Down to like six. That's like, all. I think it's less than base. I think it's like sixty percent of like, the damage it would do. I know. Yeah. Like, fuck off. So you have to do that every time, and especially pounding through. Yeah, the Ifrit fight again. You need yeah. to use your summon all the time because it's so powerful. Yeah. That just gets so boring. But eventually, yeah. it does get to the stage. Even when you get the best 
uh, I think the best summon is Eden. Eden, I think Eden yeah. even when you get that, it's useless because your party will be way higher than the damage yeah. output they can do. Yeah. But the reason why you do need them is because of um, their abilities, which you mentioned. And that that's a cool thing. So you bet, yeah, apart from experience and, mo- and, you, and money you got for exams, which are, and t- pays, which I thought well, was quite cool. Yeah, that was every, cool. Every, every, every 10,000 steps, I think it was, you got a, a salary payment. Which, which is brilliant. And on the level you were, yeah. you got more, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that doing, was really good. This, the questions and things like that. Yeah, you yeah, could basically eight questions. Eight questions that you can get. You can basically abuse the system, find them on the yeah. internet, and you could be rich as yeah. fuck within ten <laughs> yeah. minutes. But so you get your experience and you get AP, and that AP goes towards the guardians, and basically yeah. they get abilities. So those abilities could be like, oh, uh, Ifrith gains an ability for twenty plus HP, um, yeah. or someone. I think it was Leviathan had revive. Uh, see, is, yeah some of them have really good and revive is awesome and basically um, so you would then give so you say if you got 20 hp whoever equipped if rift then got a 20 percent health boost mm, if mm. you had um, revive they that came up as a command option so i had that yeah. for zell zell was always yeah, like yeah. my healer he was like Whoop, oh really healer. yeah zell was my there's a, there's yeah. method to this yeah there's method yeah. and so zell would always be my healer and he used to have mm. revive so if you died it's like there's a full full phoenix down boom yeah. you're up yeah. and i was like awesome it was unlimited it's and it revivers 9999 um mm-hmm. heal as well wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. um i mean yeah the, some of them were useless though if it had doom um which did fuck all yeah um, some some of the abilities were shit so, but yeah, some of yeah, them were just side but you had you had that good you had that cool thing of trying to mix them up you know you, you had to choose didn't you you couldn't have all of them you had to yeah, and i think you could either have two two skills, or I think some GFs have the ability to allow you to equip a third skill, yeah, um, or a third attribute. Um, but yeah, you had to be really careful about the ones you chose. I think I was mainly strength up, health up, magic up, yeah, where I could. Um, and you just had to try and squeeze them into them. But I, I, yeah, I think I, I don't think I use revive. Um, so much. how this all links in is that the reason why you have to one reason is to get abilities to mix them all in, mm. but it's also linked to the magic system. Now, we've mentioned the magic system in the sense of how the summons were orbs. And most Final Fantasies, you basically gain the um, magic as a skill uh, that the character can use. In this, it was a bit different. And it's not been seen since. Is basically you had every party member had the ability to draw magic. So basically, instead of attack, item, or defend, you could press draw. And you could go to your enemy and steal whatever magic they had which I thought was pretty cool. So if they had like five fires, you could steal five fires and then you could use fire, which I thought yeah. was very unique. Um, but it was, some, it was sometimes the way you can get some of the best magic in the game. Mm. Um, but it was also that you had to learn pretty early on. You've got to use draw on every single enemy because not only do they have certain magics, which you can't get from anywhere else, but some of them had fucking GFs, which I didn't know about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of the most ridiculous. So, um, uh, see, if it's cronies, Fusion and Rajan, one of them has Pandemona. Yeah. Like, how the hell have you got that? I'll have that off you. But how cool is it when you fought a new enemy and you went to draw and it's question mark, question mark, question mark. It's always oh, a new magic. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. What could this be? And then it could be something really shit like Demi or something like, like that. Uh, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. 
But there were some there was some really interesting spells again, and there have been seen since like meltdown, which would take your vitality down to zero. Oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah. That's uh, obviously, that's one of the best one of the best junctioning ones, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love the, the the junction draw system. I thought it was really good, and, and it's a shame that we haven't seen it again since. Really. No, it was well, it wasn't. And what was also good? So the reason this again linking this back to the GFs. So you had all your stats. You had your HP, attack, you know, strength, whatever. All those different ones. When you linked uh, a character with a GF, so say you put um, Squall with Ifrift, all yeah. of a sudden, some of the stats would light up. And when this happened, you could junction some of your magic to that stat, and it could give it a boost. Um, but let's just say you had health lit up. You could, use, you could use nine fire, and you would get a health boost. You would get a little boost. Um, but if you used any of your fire, your health would go down a little bit because there's no magic to draw upon. But then some magic would be better to use for some stats than others. And it was a brilliant comp uh, thing to do. So you had that, oh, maybe I should use this magic, but then I can't use that magic in battle because that would lower this stats. And then you had that weird combination. I need to get the, the right combination of GFs on each character to get not only the abilities yeah. I want, but also to get as many stats chances boost. to do my boost yeah. with magic and it was a fantastic system and mm. you could spend fucking hours doing that and i did it was great fun yeah yeah because uh, it was all about um drawing as much as you could maxing out each um, different magic yeah um, but the longer the longer you partnered certain gfs with certain characters the better their relationship became so when you summon them they would summon quicker yeah um, and all that sort of stuff as well so it, it kind of pays to work out who you wanted to partner with each character early on and, and set it and just leave it to go then and i think there were items you could get which you could use to boost a relationship if it was a bit low if you want to switch it around yeah um, and things like that as well but no i i, I love that system it took it, me it was I think, a great system yeah first was... time i played through it i didn't quite grasp it I no it took I me i need to it i had to read the guide i had to read yeah, the guide to yeah. help me because i had no idea it. Yeah. Um, but it was a great system and it's a yeah. share it's probably the best system uh managing summons i've seen because you know seven had the materia nine it was just two of them oh i'm not even going to talk about 13's way of doing yeah. it like that. um but uh, you know it was for me it was definitely the best system and i think yeah. the other positive you could say definitely when it comes to final fantasy it's always a given is music I think music. Oh, yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, I've got like that. I listen to the soundtrack a lot when I'm working. Yeah. Quite a lot do you, listen to, do you listen to Distant Worlds? Uh, no, no, not Distant Worlds. So I, I'm, I just, ones I'm working, I can't listen to the songs with lyrics, just ones that have got nice melodies in the background. So there's yeah. so many of those in, in um, all of the games, really. But Ballon Garden, the soundtrack for that, I have one quite a lot. Um, we do the, the timber one, martial law. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just some this is nice having a background. What, what's the it? fish? The fish is it? G oh, um, dance the Balan fish, I think it is the one where the, the, ball, the ballroom scene. No, 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 no. Oh, it was one of the towns. It was one of the, it was like a fishing town, a water town. Oh, Fisherman's Horizon. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, the one on the, the one on the bridge. Yeah, um, yeah. Connecting the two continents. Yeah, yeah that's great. I Even it, yeah. Love it's nice to song. upbeat, you know, nice little song, isn't it? Yeah, there's loads, there's loads of them. Um, and the, the music that they use for the climactic scenes, like, um, you know, the, the Battle of the Gardens and things like yeah. that, that adds to it massively. I still get tingles down my spine doing the, the, the garden siege and the music that kicks in the background. I just think it's so well. So I read an article, um, that, uh, an interview with Nobuo Matsu, and he said that 
the kind of everything that went into that game and the music into that game was much more designed to kind of pull on the emotive side of, of kind of what was playing out on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight, eight really. did have that love story feel compared yeah. to like seven. I know nine had it near the end. I know 10 yeah. definitely was a love story. Uh, yeah. But yeah, eight definitely had that when Squall stopped being a dickhead. Although I still yeah. thought, what are you, what do you see in him, Ranoa? What do you see in him? Are you, oh, it's that, alo- it's that, that aloofness, isn't it? Yeah, it's that aloofness. I, I, I'm lovely. the one that I can fix you sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, no, he's, yeah. he's, he's fucked. Leave him alone. He's, he's, a, he's a wank shaft. Yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. the, when he was saying earlier about how it was great to explore things, I think one of the things I did like was that, you know, Final Fantasy VIII, yes, it has uh, the big bad guys, but it also had its own secret bosses. Did you beat them both? Um, what's the optional GM? Oh, sorry, no. um, weapons. Ultimate, weapons. Ultimate and Omega. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just spammed um, Hero Drinks. And um, no, no, what is it? Holy Wars, sorry. Holy Drinks is um, seven. Um, spammed Holy Wars and just cheat, not cheated, but, you know, did it. The oh, so that way. gave you invincibility, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I can't say I've properly beaten them so you um, without, that without the use of performance enhancing drugs yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah but i mean fucking terror hard fights obviously so they oh, jesus they were and i remember because what was cool about this is like to get to the final boss uh you had to go through ultimacia's castle and that music was like played on an organ so that was already creepy yeah, as really foreboding wasn't it yeah. yeah and you had to go through at one point a church like, and you go for this church and then to get Omega weapon, you had to go ring a bell and then run back to the church. And yeah. if you can make it within the, the time limit, the yeah. fuck is there. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. Christ, he's like, shit, this guy looks intimidating as fuck. And he and, was. Uh, on top of that, a nice throwback to 70s, he's got clouds up my weapon. He has. He has got yeah. the ult- ultimate weapon. And it's, like, yeah. it's like, I'm going to die. Now, I was going to tell you about how I use my ultimate character. Right. So yeah, okay. this is this is how I did my strategy. Mm. So uh, Squall and um, Zell were basically set up for defense and doing what I needed them to do. Renoa had one option only, and that was for magic. Um, okay. and, and the only magic I set on it was Meteor. Right. Okay. The only magic I set on a Meteor. Now, basically, spoiler, halfway through the story, when Renoa becomes the sorceress. So she gains basically her limit break is basically she becomes non-controllable and starts firing magic off randomly, but way more powered. Okay. So I would basically, what I'd do is Squall would be putting her in an automatic, get your limit break up straight away. Right. Zell would just be using meltdown. So that takes the bad guy's ability to fuck all. And then as soon as Renoa used the limit break and meltdown's hit, I just sat there yeah. and went, game done. Because Ren- spamming, yeah, Renoa would just like every second meteor, nine, 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 nine. And she'd do like 60,000 worth of damage every turn. And it was like half a second, 60,000, 60,000. It's like, yeah, this is broken. This is this is broken. Well, well, that's the thing. Like talking about broken, back to the junction system. You could easily um, game the game the game very early on and completely overpower your characters. But, oh, I, um, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Another but another thing about eight that hasn't been replicated since was that the enemy scaled with your oh, level. They did. Didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. did. So you know, it presented a bit of a different challenge. So if you 
there's a difference between grinding and leveling up yeah, or yeah. just drawing magic. So you could draw the magic and completely overpower your characters without being a super high level. Yeah. So, you know, you just, you just squash the enemies every time you had a, a random battle because, you know, your attack could be 255 if you've, if you've got... The right um, magic. Yeah, and some of the GF skills, you could... Um, trans- if I think one of Quetzalcoatl's skills, you could transform enemies into cards. And then you could then mod cards into items which you would then oh, use oh, to create oh, magic you've so just this- you've you've just tickled that haven't you you've just yeah. tickled that little itch because that's <laughs> what we're going to talk about because cards he mentioned cards oh, triple triage i've got an app on my phone you know there's an app yeah it's, oh. not really, it's okay um oh, right yeah triple triad app. triple triad right for those who do not know Final Fantasy VIII, and most Final Fantasies have like little mini games and stuff. Mm. Final Fantasy VIII had a mini game called Triple Triad, and it was a card game. And in my opinion, it's better than oh, every cool. other mini game they've done. It's better yeah. than Blitzball, and I freaking yeah. love Blitzball. Yeah. Triple Triad is freaking amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's a game within a game, isn't it? It's almost like collecting Pokemon within it Final Fantasy is. VIII. Yeah. It was awesome. So, what it was, okay. So, you. At the start of the game, you're given a handful of your own cards. And imagine, and we're trying to set the scene for everyone, noughts and crosses type board, nine squares. And essentially, you and your opponent would go first. You'd put your card down wherever you are. And your card was usually a picture of a monster. And each side of one of the four sides, up, down, left, right, were numbers. The opponent would then go next, either you or the opponent. And if you put a card next to it, and two of the sides met. If yours then had a higher number, you would flip it over and you would gain the points. So that was how the whole basis of it works. And you Mm. could do combos in the sense of, if you put one card down, that now can now flip that one, that can now flip that one. And it was addictive as fuck. And when you went to other areas, you then learned different rules. So they brought elements into the game or extra stats into the game. But yeah. the thing was so good about Triple Triad was that you could play this at any time because oh, you, just, you yeah. literally went to any NPC and went, yeah. "Want to play cards? Yeah. Want to play cards?" My, my, my favorite is in the big moments. So again, <laughs> back to the Garden Jewel, or even better, when you're on the lunar base and and Renoa's escaped and she's going to release Sorceress Adele, and the the lead scientist on the bridge is cacking himself because oh my god, this seems the end of the world. Want to play cards? <laughs> and, he, and he plays it. So, like, you know, impend, impending doom, but, you know, about to initiate the lunar cry and, you know, millions of monsters are about to flood the planet. And he's got his cards out. Yeah, exactly. Card. It's hang hilarious. On. Hang yeah. on a sec. Just hang yeah. on. Hang on. A gr- yeah. Sort your shit out. I'm playing some yeah. cards. Yeah. There's a great um, there's a great kind of meme chain, uh, a couple of Final Fantasy Facebook groups, and uh, one of the common memes is, you know... It, Random moments. Want to play cards? Want to play cards? Like, you just see the little grey box with the speech <laughs> in it. In, in, in real life situations, it's hilarious. But oh yeah, it's crazy. It, it was yeah. great. And the thing is with Triple Triad, as, as addictive as it could be, it was also dangerous. Fucking annoying. It because, was dangerous. Because you lost if, one of your best cards. If you lost one of your best cards, yeah, you'd yeah. be fucking salty. Because you can yeah. go get it back. You can go after it. The problem is, if you lost one of your best cards and you tried to face them again, damn right they're going to use it right back in well, against you. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes as well, if you lost one of your good cards, even though you might rematch them straight away, they've lost that card to someone else, apparently. And you have to go and fight someone no. else's card back. No, yeah, I've, never, I've, I've never seen that. 
I can't remember. There's a couple of examples of that, I'm sure. Um, I'd be well fucked off. I'd be like, you've been sta- you've been sitting right here. Where have you yeah, fucking yeah. moved off to? I know, I know. Um, time compression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> there we go. That's how you get around it. Plot bullshit. Yeah. But it was, um, it was some yeah. of the it was the picture because you had the GFs had their own cards. Yeah, it's it cool. Characters did the characters. They were the ones. Yeah. They were your gold cards, essentially. They were your shinies. They were your shinies. Yeah. And I think Squall was the shiny one. He was like, A, 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 A. That's it. Yeah, two, I think they're yeah, two A. I think, you know, that's a two A's. Adir was a really powerful card. She had a couple of A's. Like, but um, yeah, it's a strong size and weak size, didn't you? But I remember yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if you played somebody, you know, Sid or something, or Laguna, I think Laguna has Squall's card. You kind of just know that they're packing one of those rares. <laughs> they're packing um, card heat. Yeah, but things like those, those cards as well, you could you could mod those into really rare and items that was the well, thing at the you? end, because at the end of the game, it's, you know, it's, you, you don't well, need yeah. it, you might as well. Yeah. So basically... Well, well, you never, unless Ultimisha wants to play a game of cards <laughs> before you play the final battle. I got more. Yeah, curse of, curse all seeds, I'm going to rule the world. Rule my cards? <laughs> You're about to strike it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of cards. I've got oh hang on shit. Yeah, one more card, yeah. Oh, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, back. Yeah. oh back. Yeah. Whoa, fuck off. <laughs> That'd be so good. She's got the last one. Would be brilliant, yeah, it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Or or even better, um, using Quetzalcoatl's ability. You know, I think you had to have the enemy down to like one sixteenth of their health or something. You just turned Ultimisha into a card to finish the game. What a flimsy oh, anticlimax that would have been. What a, yeah, can you imagine that? No, it'd be a better way to do it. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And you put her in yeah. album. Whoop. But- <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Completed. Yeah, that's yeah. it. The, the, can you book, imagine- the book closes. Yeah, the book closes and squad is like, yeah. oh, all right, we're done. Yeah. Bye. All right. No, and, then, and then it cut. And then it cuts back to real life. You know, like Pokemon cards are worth a shitload these days. Yeah, he just yeah, goes, yeah. squalls at some sort of card convention. He's selling his collection <laughs> for like a million gil. I've got a really rare Ultimisha. Whatever you do, <laughs> whatever you do, don't convert it. Just, just leave it as a card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, mate, oh, but some of the rules in Triple Tribe were fucking brutal. Like the random rule, a couple I just didn't understand. I, I think to this day, I don't understand how random works. I think oh, it was random. Kind of... It was random deck. You had no choice. Oh yeah, you had There's no one... choice. And it, what cards you would get? What? what yeah, you... that's it. That's right. Because your hand, you could have like loads of cards, but you get but to you pick can... which ones. Yeah. I think at that point, if you're stuck in the random rule, because it's really hard to change. You had to speak to like, the card queen or speak to yeah. somebody in a different area to get a rule abolished. And I mean, you could get yourself to a really big hole, couldn't you? Where the rules you're are playing like... with all these shitty rules that you just and... need to get out of. But the AI's like. I can deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, so it wasn't random. It was um, same wall, I think, was where the, the outside of the board also came into play. Oh. And I just couldn't get my head around that. And I lost I lost so many games. And that's when I stopped playing it, I think. Kind of, that's what's like, I've got my cards. I've, yeah, I've got my cards. You know, I've got my lot. And I'm, I'm fucking getting the last few. But, and then you um, then you turn them all to start infusing drugs. Yeah, that's and, it exactly. And yeah, gone. and yeah, yeah. You know, I I love I love Triple Tried. Like I wish I don't know if they've ever released it as an actual game. Fuck me, people would people would. It would it. Yeah, I mean, people, like, I've got, I've downloaded the app. It's not great. I'm not quite sure how it 100 works, but um, it's there. Think, it's cool. I think the only it thing would, is, would would not be as quick is because like it's got to be yeah. ding ding ding. Everyone's got to flip. Like, yeah, but if yeah. you. I don't know. I've just started watching. I watch Yu-Gi-Oh videos because I'm sad. 
um and the new master dual videos it's like ding 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 it's you know we, we expect yeah. that we, we can't we can't yeah. spend time trying to work out maths <laughs> it's yeah, like no yeah, give yeah. us our shit now that's especially when need. it's the more advanced rules as well because you do oh. i mean i sat there looking ages you know looking through my my deck because you, <laughs> when you play the ai the ai sometimes kind of goes through their cards don't they like yeah it is like it's thinking of what to play so there's that's quite a cool element as well it's not just like straight down the board it's there's kind of a sense of real sense of strategy and it kind of really feels like you're pitting your wits against the computer yeah. yeah and this is the thing we could basically have a whole you could have a whole podcast and you might I'm do that we it. might you know what <laughs> if this show can go a year right we might come back and we'll talk about triple triad just let's get really just, niche yeah just get really niche yeah and say right this is for anyone if you don't know what it is just buy final fantasy 8 just play yeah. it for the first half an hour then go take your game back and return it and say it was broken, <laughs> just so you can play triple triad that's, that's I mean, what did, you need to do i mean one, one touch on this a lot because i'm sure you'll talk about it in another episode but um final fantasy 9 also had a card game didn't it but it's nowhere near as good no it's nowhere near as good and i don't i must have played it I, I would have because if I if I heard yeah yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. there would have been because I would have got hot and horny the moment I saw oh card game ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. like I got hot and horny over a skipping rope in Final Fantasy Nine I was definitely getting oh, hot yeah. and horny I was shit at that so Again. that's the thing whoever does Final Fantasy oh no I think Jake's doing Final Fantasy Nine I think I think you said it that was already on the on the board it yeah, is already so on the board we'll leave yeah. it to you and Jake Pe- people have battled for some of these games. Mm. I've had fights already, but I won't do this game, I won't do this game. It's like, fucking hell, hang <laughs> fire. But the thing is, there are so many good elements of Final Fantasy VIII, which I do, you know, when we've gone through. Yeah, there, there are some things which are fucking ridiculous, hence the, you know, the characters, the plot makes no fucking sense. But there are a lot of positives with this game, which I think will just forever be forever shadowed because yeah. of how good Nine was and how good mm. Seven was. Mm. I, it, it definitely. I, mean, I think the fact that eight was the first one I saw, it, it, it has that for me kind of holds a little bit more of a, a kind of special sort of feeling because it's the first one that I, I kind of had a crack at, introduced me to the whole franchise, and I, I'm quite good, I think, at appreciating each game as an individual title rather than obviously there are the obvious comparisons we've talked about them today, but eight has. A lot, its own charm for me, I yeah. think, and um, and there are some, and I think the fact that there are some different things that we don't see in other games helps set it apart a little bit as well. Yeah. One thing we haven't talked about yet: lyric breaks. I thought the lyric breaks in eight were really good. You kind of had a degree of control over them, didn't you? Because you could, you could fire Squall's gun blade at the right time um, oh, to boost yeah, damage. Yeah, for those who don't know, Squall's weapon was a gun. Which is- which was bad. I thought that was really and I cool. Thought, no, that's stupid. Didn't you like it? I thought it, I thought it was it was a, a you know gun again and a sword. No. Yeah. Oh come, yeah. I, I think no. again, but no. otherwise you just have another cloud clone, wouldn't you? If it's just a sword, I think that's an element to make him a little bit different. A little bit, ooh, was. I'm a little bit edgy. Yeah, Look, I don't was... trust. I'm not trusting SquareSoft because as again, I'll bring it up again. They had Irvine, the sharpshooter with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. So what is mm, he shooting? What the fuck was selfie? What was her fucking weapon? What was that bollocks? It's nunchucks, wasn't it? They she didn't has. look like nunchucks. No. Michelangelo has nunchucks. They were fucking <laughs> monstrosities. That's what they. That was what the fuck. Someone yeah. point out that was nunchucks. I'll slap you. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so so uh, we've barely touched on the selfie part from the fact we both didn't like her. Yeah, poor girl. Um, but. Um, she had her one of her living breaks was an instant one hit kill, wasn't it? It's called the end. 
I wouldn't know. Like I wouldn't know because I benched her immediately. Yeah, so I, mean, I think I just read read about it. I never actually got it in battle, but because you, you'd cycle, you'd get her limit break, you'd cycle through different spells, wouldn't you? Um, and she had the odd unique spell. One was called the End, and if you got that, it was an instant kill, no matter wow. who the who the um, enemy the was. I'm be, googling yeah, this to see if she does it against Ultimatia. Do does you can you can do it? Yeah, but it's just so I'm not, I'm not sure what the conditions are that you had to have in play for it to show up, and whether you could make it come up more regularly or not i'm not sure but um i mean yeah she was rotting on the bench although <laughs> the the final battle you could have your three um main your three main people but ultimately would randomize who to, oh, to feel first so you could yeah. have a, the run you know selfie the runs of the litter level 15 um and but the thing is the good thing is you could just let Osmisha kill them off. No, but just fade no, into time. Yeah, they? Oh yeah, and then you fade get... into time. So and the, yeah. that <laughs> off. Yeah, so basically so what would happen was um she she could she'd randomly pick three. Yeah, she did she know it was quite cool. She'd go, You three, I'll fight you three. I was yeah, like, No, no, it. no, no bitch, yeah, yeah. I'll pick mine. And then she'd pick her three. And then if you didn't revive, say if one of your you bars got knocked yeah. out, and mm-hmm. if you didn't revive them quick enough. They'd be they suddenly an angel would come and they'd be lost to time. Fuck off. But yeah. the, what was annoying about that is if she picked my back three who never got used, I'd be fucked because you need to keep one of them alive. I need to keep one of them alive yeah. because to, they, they're gonna die at the yeah, same time. Game over. Yeah. Game over. It's, like, like, oh. it's like it's like Cristiano Ronaldo waiting to take the fifth penalty and never getting to take it, isn't it? That that's a yeah. good that's a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. That, would, that yeah. is essentially it. Cristiano Ronaldo is taking the fifth penalty and I could do nothing. And that's how I felt if she picked those three. Yeah. I'd be like, you bitch. You've got 100 meteors junction to his right foot and never see the light of day. Yeah, just sits there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what Can you imagine that scenario? You lose those three and it just suddenly goes game over. And the other three are sitting in the back row going, um, hello. Yeah. Still here. Well, they'd all, co- they'd all come in, wouldn't they? But yeah, but if... Um... Because there's a, there was a little period of time where um, the character was dead and you had a bit of time to revive if you did want to keep them on the battlefield or you could just let them fade away into time. Yeah, but um, if you, you, And yeah. then they'd be replaced, wouldn't they? But if, you know, I think uh, Ultimisha, there's four forms, weren't there? You had Ultimisha, the kind of initial one where you have to chat within the chamber. Then yeah. she summons Griever, um, which is Squall's bloody animal that he's got on his necklace. I'm not quite sure what the significance is there. Time compression. Uh, let's yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 well-known narrative device. Yeah, um, but then she she junctions herself to Griever. So there's this this kind of monstrosity, and then it's kind of the the you know the final final version of Ultimisha, which is this kind of horrible, you know, the bottom half of her body, almost like the ball queen from Star yeah, Trek. A little yeah, bit, yeah, like, yeah. Ex- yeah. And then you finally finally jib her off. Um, her off. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. Oh, her off. <laughs> well, we'll turn into a car. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we've jumped around quite a lot. Oh, that's what but... happens in this thing. That's... Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what did you um else did you hate? So I've got a few things that I didn't like about right. it. I, I've got, yeah. I've been I've been through my likes and dislikes, and mm. you can now if you've got your things you like, you you go through yours and we'll talk about them. Well, I think in terms of things we like, I think we've we've we're on the same page. I think apart from the story, uh, the story's got a certain charm for me. Um, I think the kind of way it builds up in the second disc to that Galvadian showdown, then all of a sudden you've got a reset, and then you've got to picture this 
enemy who you've never seen. You know, again, another comparison to Seven. No, that's Sephiroth. a comparison to any Final Fantasy game. Well, but so, well, I mean, no, Sephiroth, you kind of know who he is, what he looks like, who you're going after from, you know, the Shinra building, or from the, yeah, from the Shinra building quite early on. You've got that idea fixed in your head and he stays the whole game. Nine is ridiculous, like Necron. You don't know, actually meet him until the final battle, which is bullshit as well. But in eight, you're kind of gearing yourself up to the fact that Adia is the, this, you know, your nemesis. Then all of a sudden when she... And the sorceress's powers, you know, leave her and, and they transfer over to Renault and she's unconscious, all that stuff. You've then got this concept, ultimately she's only introduced for the first time in disc three. And it said, you've got this mental resale. Who the fuck are we going after now? Um, and you kind of feel a little bit, a little bit lost. And then, you know, school's obviously finding himself at this point. And he realizes he loves Renault and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, it, with all that aside, I think, as we said, the story wonky in places, I think they do the set pieces incredibly well. Um, and you kind of definitely kind of feel really involved in the battles, and you know that again that garden siege scene, oh, that and, garden and siege scene. It's one brilliant. The music, brilliant. I said yeah. if that's one of my bits of highlights of gaming. That really yeah, is yeah. that good. Um, optional GFs, I thought they were quite good as well. So you've got the brothers um, in that kind of cave off uh, outside of Delling City. Um, do you remember Cerberus, the three-headed dog, who yep. you could fight in Galvadir Garden? But if you didn't like him or was, you weren't strong, if you could just kind of slowly walk by and not wake him up. And then there was, there was a few, because there was the there was them, if you didn't want to fight Diablo, you didn't have to fight just Diablo. Just leave him, in the, leave him in the lamp, yeah. Just, just if, lob the lamp as an item at yeah, someone. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that off. If you, yeah, didn't wanna, yeah. if you didn't want to draw the GFs, you didn't have to draw the GFs. Yeah. But they were, I mean, they were, they were gimmies, weren't they, those ones? It was the ones you had to fight. Do you remember the train? It, Doom Train, it, yeah. yeah. Doom Train yeah. is one because you, you had to get um, you had to make one him. of the uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like what the magazines a cult fan, weren't they? The uh, magazines yeah, yeah, were, yeah, yeah, and you had to get a Solomon ring, Marlboro tentacles, and something, and then go to a certain place to um, use the items called combine them together, and then he'd appear, wouldn't he? Um, Cactar, um, yeah. as well, you had to fight the giant one. <laughs> Oh, and the giant the Tombury King as well. Um, and that's the Odin piece as well, isn't it? Isn't it? Where you're King Tombury. Centra, Centra, um, and you've got 20 minutes to crack the code. Yeah. Kill, fight Odin, and then he becomes yeah, So this is the, this, these are good things of it, and this is what mm. things I think I get forgetting, not forget yeah. they're forgetting, forgotten. Because seven just takes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, and it, because it's the one after you always go back and what was the seven equivalent of this? What was, and I think there are some things that it does which there aren't these, there aren't the equivalent. It kind of sets itself apart as its own game. I think it does enough of that for me um, to make it really enjoyable. Um, what else did I really... We mentioned limit breaks. I love the fact that you can kind of have a degree of control over them Yeah. Um, for certain characters. So, you, you know, if you're Irvine, just pump someone full of lead as many things as quickly as you can tap it. Yeah cards um we've covered off who are your toughest bosses oh Apart jesus from the ultimate bosses there are a couple of really tricky ones for me you're freaking asking a question now there was someone um i off the top of my head i can't remember i'll have to go i'd have to google some of these bosses this is how long it's been since i've last played it yeah oh i'll have the benefit of the remaster one do you remember the one um so sorceress adele where um renault is a that, Kind of attached to her in her chest, and yes, you have to be careful not to damage. No, I couldn't get past that for ages, so I couldn't get my head around. Yeah, I just kept attacks. hitting it, I just kept hitting it for fun. What, Renault? Yeah, I was like, die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That was going over though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There's one one before us, that like lunatic Pandora, that kind of big crystal pillar, which was essentially kind of the final dungeon before the final dungeon. Yeah. There's another, I think the last boss before that point of no return was really tricky as well. I think it's called Mobile Type 8, and it's this robot. Had two different modes attack mode and defense mode. If you attacked it in defense mode, it would retaliate with this really powerful attack and knock you, knock you sideways. Oh, God, yeah, I remember that thing. Yeah, it's really tricky. Um, I think a couple of uh, the two attacks that used in tandem are Corona, which knocked you down to like one HP. And if you weren't quick enough, it would use like Megiddo Flame or something just to, just to piss you, you off. Um, and yeah, the amount of times I had to restart that, unbelievable. But that's good. That it's and you know, I'm looking at like I'm looking at the list of story bosses and the list of yeah. optional bosses. Optional yeah. bosses are nearly just as much as story bosses, and that's what's really good about this game. I mm. think it's really good. Yeah, I think so. I was I just did a bit of research I was doing kind of before we had a chance to talk about it. I was like practically like today years old when I realised that. Cypher and his everything about him, the way he attacks, his stance, everything is modeled. Do you remember that last flashback of Laguna when he's doing the film? And he's like the sorceress's night, basically in the mountains. Look, and no, because Laguna bits I shut off on and would rather <laughs> and just go, right, that'll be fun. <laughs> get it, get it, up that goes, because that'd be more fun. Oh, blimey. Um, I mean, they did go on a little bit, I thought. They were, and they were, it's a good way of having a different insight into different the different characters. Obviously, they came together in the end, again, a bit, little bit tenuous. But what I did like about those sequences was you got to see points of the map that you know you would never see as part of the main party for a long, long time. So yeah, it's quite yeah, yeah. a cool little window into, you know, your first kind of taste of the kind of centre continent, um, Wind Hill, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's really cool to kind of see areas that you'd never had the chance to visit um, as part of the main story. And that was, I suppose, one of the things that kind of dragged you on a little bit to say, okay, when are we going to get to go to these places? Um, I think, um, I mean, I, I like the Laguna, but again, there's quite a lot of comic relief in those bits as well, wasn't there? Those three, you know, hapless as a, as a trio. Yeah, but I, I think I just got, I was just like, oh, I just want to get up on Squall. I just, that was my problem. Yeah. I just want to get back on Squall. This is, I just feel this is useless. Let me get back onto Squall. I felt like I was like, mm. yes, there were story elements in it, but I just felt it was wasting my time. That, uh, and maybe that's a bad thing and it's a good thing. People can argue that this is the really good side of it, but I just didn't get anything from that part. I could have been done with that side of the story and just carried on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, when, at the time, you don't really appreciate it. And it kind of happens at moments where the story is just getting interesting. Like the first one when you're on the way to Timber to support, um, you meet Renault and kind of you're doing the, um, Capturing, trying to capture the president in that train heist, aren't you? Where, yes. Um, you remember that? And you've got those kind of, uh, they're called the Tim, oh, what the name of the um, the faction now? So Renoa's faction. The, the forest, one? the owls. Forest isn't it? owls, that's it. The forest oh, owls. Oh, yeah. what a memory. Yeah. Yes. Great, great recall. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you've got this kind of long winded plan. We're going to disconnect the train. We're going to um, reconnect to dummy coach. And we're going to capture the president. And then the president turns out to be a fake, like just okay. a monster, doesn't he? I think which I can't remember yeah. whether he was that undead once where he could just throw a phoenix down at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, it was typical Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's another one of those, the Salt Flats. Before you get to the big kind of mega metropolis, Estar, um, kind of the boss you fight before you realised that Estar's just been cloaked this whole time behind this huge kind of screen. Um, and it just, you know, Salt Flats are this huge, you think of like Bolivia, like the Salt Flats of Bolivia. 
I think this is designed to be a bit like that. It's just these vast kind of wastes, but it turns out that Estar is cloaked behind all of that. Yeah. A, a massive plot hole for me is everyone knows that Estar exists. Now, in the, in the flashbacks you have to Laguna, you know, a lot of references to an Estar kingdom. How the fuck can you just get away with cloaking a city and everyone not realising where it's gone? Time compression. Like, Come on. <laughs> we, we've said this. It solves everything. Time yeah, compression. Yeah. Just, yeah, those 5 p.m. in the writer's room. G- G- the How- GF's amnesia. Oh, amnesia yeah. solves yeah. that shit. How do we make everyone forget this amnesia? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I think Balam Garden was the only garden that used GF. So I don't think Galbadil or tra- poor old Traby Garden that gets bombed to absolute shit. And you but get to then, go back there, don't you? Yeah, that, but the thing is, the whole GF thing, oh, because we use GFs, we, we lost our memories. Yeah. Freaking, you have one GF at the start of the fucking game. <laughs> you have no other GFs. They're not even, you have to go out and recruit them. So why is your memory all fucked up? I don't get it. Fucking time compression. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone from Square wants to write in and tell us, oh, they listen. <laughs> they listen to this yeah, podcast. They do, yeah. Square Enix <laughs> listens to this podcast. They will tell us. Jesus, Retro Wars oh, at Yahoo.com. Get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I mean, look, look, um, definitely agree. There's there's a few things to to kind of tear apart. Again, like I said, for me, it's just got a certain charm. I really enjoy it in its own right. Um, yeah, I might actually play it through again now we've, we've, we've talked about it. It evokes some really, um, really nice memories for me. Um, oh my god, okay, one last thing. Go on, then one last thing. You have, so, to, call, you have to call score cunt though, moody cunt. Oh, come on, I'll, I'll call cunt. someone else. Yeah, so you know, you've got the headmasters for each garden, yeah, but it turns out that they're not the garden administrators. You've got if you go down, do you remember when you start? You, um, you get sent down to the depths of the garden to kind of get it moving because the gardens can all transport. They can all fly. Yeah, yeah. And you go down to the basement and there's this fucking Jabba the Hutt-esque guy oh, down shit. there. shit, yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah, Norg from the Shumi tribe, and which was an optional place that you could go. That was another layer of bullshit for me. Going down there, you know, you think you've been sent down there to turn the engine on and, um, you know, get the guard moving. All of a sudden, you get down there and you've got this fucking... Jabba the um, Hutt. Jabba the Hutt, yeah. Speaking in broken English. You know, who the fuck is this? Like, there's no connection. There's, and that's another character development in this is sorely lacking. That's one, I'll probably say the poorest element of it, outside of the main, main characters. Character development and the way they do that in some way is just... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all about the love story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe yeah. Look, we've 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 had a we had a few gripes. For me, the good things massively outweigh. Yeah, they do. The the uh, it makes it sound like I hate this game. I don't. I really enjoy this game. I would play it again, um, if I ever have a chance. But I would, and I, I think it's a good game. I think if you like your Final Fantasies, don't miss out on this one. Give it a go. You like your RPGs, give it a go. Give the remaster a go. No, I'm not telling you what to spend your money on. You spend your money on whatever you want, but it's a good... Yeah, I imagine the remaster's a good crack. I've heard good things out of it, and, you know, it is a good story. It is a good crack. Just, well, I say it's a good story to a point. Then you just have to deal with the bullshit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, give it a go. That's what I think of it. I've always been happy with it. What would you score out of 10? I'd go quite high. I think I would probably say... Say, well, we'll give FF8 an 8. I'll go for an 8. I'm going to give it a... 
Ooh, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Because still, I do really enjoy it. Obviously, let down because of time compression and amnesia. <laughs> eight for me. Nice. But, yeah. So, Dan, I want to say um, that's probably about it. Anything else? We all wrapped up? No, no, I think we've done a pretty comprehensive assassination of, um, <laughs> of eight. Game. Um, but yeah, no, no, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I think it's been really, um, really good to get into it. So, thanks a lot. Well, cheers. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. So, we'll see you again. that was Final Fantasy 8 I want to say thank you very much for Dan I really enjoyed the show and I really hope you had a good time listening and I really thank you for being here for the end we'll be back next week and I hope everyone takes care of themselves until then look after yourselves and I'll see you soon bye bye <laughs>